Welcome to Coaching Conversations, a weekly discussion of topics related to coaching and the sport of volleyball at all levels. I'm your host, John Foreman, author of the CoachingVB.com blog and co-developer of the Volleyball Coaching Wizards Project. Let's dive right in. Welcome to episode 22 of the podcast. This time it's actually, the, the title of these podcasts is Coaching Conversations, and you're going to get essentially a conversation between two coaches which is kind of funny. Uh, my friend Ruben is back. Uh, you may recall him from uh, a couple episodes ago when I had him uh, do a discussion of um, making the jump from college uh, volleyball to professional volleyball with one of my current Madai men's players. Uh, so if you didn't catch that and you're interested, that was episode 20. So go check that out and I'll include a link in the show notes. In this conversation, um, Ruben and I cover a lot of ground. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the nature of when just two coaches get together and chat about what's been going on. Uh, I share with him uh, some of the stuff about uh, the men's season and the structure of, of how we schedule and stuff like that. He talks about the situation he's in in the Hungarian League in terms of both the where they are in the cup and also what's going on in the league. We talk, uh, we take a bit of a detour into the topic of COVID testing. Uh, he mentions uh, his, his views on the Athletes United League. Uh, we also, you know, the Volleyball League of America, VLA gets in there a little bit. There's some discussions of player development. Uh, Basically, it kind of covers a lot of ground. Uh, just to clarify a couple of things, um, Ruben mentions uh, Danielle at a certain point in there. That would be Danielle Castellani, legendary coach. Uh, he and Ruben are, are quite good friends. And we also mentioned Mark. Uh, that would be Mark Lebedew, um, also a mutual friend of, of Ruben's and I. Uh, so just to, so you know who those people are. Um, beyond that, just to give you a, a kind of a quick update of where things are, uh, basically, uh, maybe a week ago, forgetting the exact timeline, but not too long after we did the podcast uh, episode 21, where it was the my staff recording, uh, where we're talking about responsibilities and whatnot for match day for my staff. Uh, my assistant, Simone, uh, got a... Got some news from her day job because my assistants are both uh, part-time and have full-time jobs during the day. You know, she's got to pay the bill somehow. Well, she, at her job, essentially, I guess it would be a promotion. Certainly, it's a change of her job that's going to make it difficult for her to continue. Actually, more or less impossible for her to continue. So, she is, has left the program after, I think, something like 10 years of total involvement between being a player herself and, and being in, in assisted coaching roles for both the men's and women's. So that's, I mean, good for her. She talked about, you know, one of the things they would have let her do is, is travel to places like Thailand, which as somebody who's done my fair share of traveling, you, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, plenty of rewards to be had. So, you know, we definitely wish Simone all the best in that regard. And I'm sure she's not going to be a stranger. Uh, so, but, you know, we, we have to carry on as we are. Uh, I'm 
trying to look at the staffing situation to see what I could do with it, whether it would be bring in somebody who can be, you know, a day-to-day on the ground assistant coach for these last, you know, kind of two months, more or less. Uh, it's March 7th as I'm recording this. So the men's season will have about a month more to go in the regular season plus potentially postseason. After that, and the women will train probably through to just about the end of April. Uh, so I could you know, certainly use some help uh, on the court in that regard. But the other thing I'm also been considering is whether we find somebody that could basically just be what in, in the European leagues would be called a scoutman. Uh, somebody who just uh, does a, even, even basic uh, data about coding for us uh, so that we could do simpler breakdowns because uh, that would be really useful. So we'll see where that goes and I'll keep you updated uh, on what develops there. Uh, as of this time, we just yesterday, actually, sorry, two days ago, played our second match of the year against Damon College, uh, another Buffalo area school. It's something that Ruben and I talked about because we actually recorded our discussion the morning of that match. Um, it ended up not surprisingly, as far as I'm concerned, we ended up losing the match. Uh, Damon is a is a solid Division Two team. We're obviously in Division Three, even though I probably at the beginning of the conversation with Ruben, I I think I call us Division One. That's obviously not correct. So Division Three, um, and looking at their roster, I think I have one guy. One of my super senior is it goes at six six, and then it drops down to six four, a couple of six threes and six twos. My one of my outside hitters to have, uh, to play against Damon is actually main, mainly a Libro. He's only five ten, and my setter is I think five nine. Damon has three guys at six six. I think three other guys at six five. Their setter six two. So they were you know from a physical perspective we were definitely outmatched. Uh, honestly, I was going to expect him to lose three zero. What I was hoping to see is some really good fight from the guys, good attitude, uh, being able to do some problem solving, which we've been talking about practice, and and finding out essentially where we need to get better. I had some ideas, but you know, until you see in a match, especially from the player's perspective, it doesn't always register. So I wanted to make, I wanted us to be able to come away from that match having some really good ideas of where we need to work on and where we can get better. And all those things were definitely accomplished. We ended up actually winning the third set. Um, first set was 16, second set was 19, but we won 26, 24 in the third. And uh, then we lost the, the fourth, uh, 19 again. Uh, it was funny because my athletic director texted me in the evening afterwards. She'd been there, so she saw it. It's like, hey, I know you must be disappointed with the loss, but I thought the guys played really well. I was like, hey, I didn't expect to even win one set, and the guys played well. The energy was good, and I think we learned some stuff. So for me, it was a win. Uh, you know, I walked away from there, what, the gym that night, perfectly pleased with how things worked out. Plus, it was our first home match of the year, uh, which, you know, you never know what's going to happen. We're dealing with a lot of new uh, event management type stuff. The sports info guys were running around all day trying to get ready to make sure everything was 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 going to go smooth. 
with the score table and live stream and stats and all that sort of stuff. And uh, as far as I'm aware, there weren't any significant issues. It was kind of funny because normally uh, the benches are, you know, as standard arranged on the same side as the score table. Uh, but because of the spacing requirements that are in place now with the benches, we've had to move them to the other side, which is where the bleachers normally are. We've only got bleachers on one side of our gym. But we're not having spectators, so the, the bleachers aren't being used. As a result, we're putting the benches over there to be able to space out properly. But we can't move the score table because the, the plugs and whatnot that they need to be able to plug into the scoreboard and, and whatnot are all on that side. So it creates a kind of an interesting situation where we've got the ref, the R1, on our side of the court. And the R2 is obviously on the other side of the court near the score table, which is where they need to be. So substitutions are kind of done long distance. Timeouts are done long distance, trying to make sure you get the attention of, of the R2 to, to get the timeout signal. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that didn't come up that we'll be interested to see if it comes up and if so, how it develops is, you know, what if there's a situation where a coach has questions about an, about the ref's call or whatever, and normally you have that kind of shuttle diplomacy where the captain runs back and forth between the coach and the ref trying to explain things or ask questions or whatever. Now the co head coaches are going to be right, right there on the same side as the ref. So how is that going to work? We'll see. Uh, hopefully we don't have any big dramatic issues that brings that into play, but you know, stuff happens. The other interesting uh, kind of sort of logistical, I guess, aspect to it was normally the line judges during a timeout will go stand on the sideline on the same side as the R1. That's obviously away from the benches. Well, they did that during our match, and I kind of pointed out to the R2, I was like, this actually puts them right kind of in the, in the timeout area. So I didn't really pay attention to what they did after that. Um, but I wonder what will happen moving forward. I guess I'll have to talk to the refs. So anyway, uh, we've got coming up uh, one more conference, uh, one more non-conference match on March 9th. And then our first conference, uh, first conference match will be a home one on March 13th. So we'll be looking forward to a good week of practice and preparation and ready to come out and get the league season going. So uh, I'll obviously keep you guys updated on all that. And with that, let's roll into this this chat with Ruben, and I hope you find it interesting and, and thought-provoking. And, and if there's anything that, that Ruben and or I said that you'd want to challenge or have a different view on, feel free to leave a comment, post on social media, whatever the case may be, and maybe we get a discussion going. Always interesting to hear other people's opinions. All right, enjoy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We have our first home match tonight. Oh, tonight? Tonight. Wow. Against a good team. So okay. It will, will be a challenge. Well, but we are a good team. We won already. Yeah. So, <laughs> why to start crying? Don't cry, boy. I hey. It's not a conference match. It's preparation match. Okay. We we the, the goal is to learn and get better, so there will be no crying. Okay, okay, okay. And as long why as everybody that... stays healthy. 
And, but why does it call preparation? It's, it's not. It's just called non-conference. Okay. And then when it's no conference, how many games per year can you, let's it, say, organize no conference? Uh, it, in the NCAA, it's based on the number of dates that you use, not uh-huh. how many matches that you play. So you were allowed, I think in Division One, we're allowed up to 22 dates. Uh-huh. So sometimes you will play two matches in a day. Okay. So a lot of times teams will play maybe 30 matches mm-hmm. in a season. Well, it's not uh, so bad. No. So the men, like, for example, next year, the men will mm-hmm. play 16 matches in conference. Okay. So they could play almost as many out of conference. Uh-huh. You need to settle down these non-conference games with some neighbor universities or like uh, invitational tournaments and these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have to factor in some of, some of it, obviously, early in the season, you might be thinking about who do we play that will prepare us to play in our conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on where you are, you might be thinking about who can I play that will help me to maybe get a, a, a bid to the NCAA tournament or a better seating, higher ranking, those sorts of things. So it mm-hmm. kind of just depends on the position you're in. That's yeah. how you how you would like to schedule and how much money you have in your budget. Yes, yes, because that allows you to travel and yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in the case of the men's, because there aren't as many programs as there are for women, you usually have to do a little bit more traveling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you play against who tonight? Damon. Damon, Damon College is uh, in, in our local community in the Buffalo area. Mm-hmm. They're Division II school. Mm-hmm. And they've been around for, I think this is their third or fourth year. Forget exactly mm-hmm. which one. Okay. Um, up until this year, they were the only Division Two in men's volleyball in our area. Uh-huh. Uh, but this year, the team that we played last week and mm-hmm. who we will play again on Tuesday, they moved up from Division Three to Division Two. So now there are two Division Two schools in Buffalo. So, and, but you won them. Yeah, we we not not the team we played tonight, but the other team. Yeah, yeah. So even though they are in Division Two, yeah, they moved up. They were Division Three and actually in our conference uh, mm-hmm. until until this year. So they haven't they haven't gone through like a full recruiting as a Division Two and all that. So and they were not particularly strong in Division Three either. So they they will have some work to do to mm-hmm. become you know as good as they could possibly be, okay. be at that level. Yeah. So you know. But that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll play tonight. We'll play Tuesday, and then next Saturday, we play. We start to play conference. I ah okay good. So and and now let's say as many games you win, it's kind of bonus for you because it makes you better ranking. Yeah, in order to to get into our conference tournament at the mm-hmm. end of the year, which is what decides who goes to the NCAA. Mm-hmm. We have to be in the top four during the regular season. 
In your conference? Yes, in our conference. And how many teams are? Hey, we're only playing each other once this year. Normally you play twice, but okay. the short so season. So then it can be possible, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see because some teams clearly don't have very many numbers this year. Uh, there's a couple teams where it looks like maybe they only have seven or eight. We only have nine, so we're not that far off. Others have bigger squads. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking at somebody's roster today. It doesn't look like they have any freshmen, any first-year players. It's all returning players from before. So, and who knows what happens if, and like you experienced in your league, you know, if, if a team has some positive results and they have to shut down. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to, to take, picture what's gonna, what the end is yeah. going to look like. What I heard, which sounds marvelous to my ears, is that 75 million were already vaccinated in USA. Mm, I don't know if it's that high. I heard some numbers recently. But if, if that's the number, then it's probably only the first. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but it's already in process. But it's, it's something, right, yeah. And it's yeah. almost a quarter of the population. Uh, that's... I think it might be right, but it's it's less than 10% in most cases that have gotten both of them. So as a matter. Yeah, still have still have a lot of work to do, but it's it's moving. I spoke to a friend today from Israel and he said that uh, he he was already for second time with his wife at the theater mm-hmm. because once you get the two doses, you get like a certification and you are allowed to do a lot of things that without the vaccine, you cannot. Yeah, yeah. here they haven't really, the CDC hasn't kind of come out and said mm. that people who've been vaccinated can do this or can do that. They've been very cautious. Uh, so everybody's kind of waiting to hear from them to say, yeah. okay, if you've been vaccinated, then you don't have to worry about the mask and you don't, and you can go and be with people. Yeah. Because obviously everybody wants to and, be normal again. Yeah. And then he said that he doesn't really understand so many stupid people who don't get the vaccine. And in Israel, they are, let's say, the vaccine is waiting for the customers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They're a bit worried about that here, too. Hmm. Yeah. And there's, there are campaigns specifically. To try to educate people. Yeah, but this is stupid that people don't want to get it. Right. Yeah. At least in my eyes, you know. Yeah. I accept right. everybody's opinion, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, and you're you're getting ready for the cup final on Sunday, yes? Uh, we are training. I think uh, I just talked to Daniel a few minutes ago. We exchanged some messages. And then he asked me, Tito, how are we? Are we ready? He said, well, the theory, everybody knows it. We try to use it in the training. Sometimes works, sometimes not. But it is like it is also, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you complain, oh, the team is making so many mistakes, but the opponent is doing the same. Yeah. So uh, it is a matter of being patient and play the game and... Keep engaged on the game, you know, use the opportunities. 
all the stupid things coaches used to say before this game. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think we did, let's say, a good process. Mm-hmm. Let's hope or let's expect nothing to get the best. Is the match in Budapest? In Budapest, uh, I have no idea which kind of arena. Um, I never been to there. Okay. But I know it's a pretty new stadium. Um, gotcha. The national team used to play one or two matches there, but I don't know much. We go tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, but tomorrow we cannot practice there. No. No, we will practice only on Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Well, that means that the the opponent team cannot go as well. Right. So it's also uh, because uh, there are too many, how to say, like unprofessional things here. Yeah. It's not people don't want, but it's sometimes too much amateur. The mindset. You know, and these are things that it's hard to change. Yeah, but cool. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. But you need to be like a like an ants, you know. Yeah, it's an ants' work. Well, I think Mark would probably say that there's even in professional leagues, there's not a lot of things that are actually professionally done. Yes. Yes, and and coming back to this, perhaps I'm kind of unrespectful or something like that. But at the professional sports in USA, players um, have a clear understanding of their roles and the the skill set of a player is completed when they go to the NBA, to the NFL, to the NHL, to the Major League Baseball. In volleyball, we are still having players. Once again, it's my opinion, but we are still having a lot of players who get tons of money and the skill set is not complete. Um, And Lately, I've been thinking this, like, sometimes the role of the player's agent has been so, so got so much importance mm-hmm. that is on, um, always on diminishing the, the value of the coaches. Okay. Because sometimes players are, without proving any kind of um, level, suddenly the the agent plays a player in a good place and then the player starts to get the status of income, of level that perhaps the player doesn't have it. Right. We guess so, but he hasn't proven that. You know? And it's somehow strange. It can be very, uh, very, how to say, controversial, 
I have the same kind of opinion about the Women League in USA now. The Athletes United League? Yes. The work of the coaches disappeared. Pretty much. Totally. Yeah, I think they're mostly in an advisory capacity. They don't yeah. Actually, they don't even use the term coaches. Exactly. It's terrible. And I cannot believe the coaches give their names for it. I cannot believe it. Because well, I think all of them already have enough status and profile that it doesn't influence them very much. Yeah, but it's a kind of empowering. I'm not, for me, the most important thing are the players. Mm-hmm. No doubts. No doubts. But at any kind of professional program, good coaches always are the ones who foster the performance of players along their careers in any sports to be so-called advisors. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. controversial. I really don't I really don't understand. Have, have you honest, watched have you watched no. any of it? No. 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 It, um, it's it, it's interesting in that you've got you've got some very experienced players that are mm-hmm. obviously toward the ends of their career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at Jordan Larson, for example. She's yeah. close to I mean, as far as I know, she was gonna retire after the Olympics. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then you also have a number of young players. Mm-hmm. who are potentially early in their perf- professional mm-hmm. development. So it's a kind of a barbell sort of situation. Um, and it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. I mean, one thing that I'm going to be, I, I'm hoping to do some research on just out of curiosity. Uh, I sent an email to Chris McGowan to see about getting the data is since all these teams are being recreated every week and they don't train very much, there's, the, the team is formed on Tuesday, they play on Saturday, and Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there's not a lot of time for training. So you would expect that the Saturday performance to be worst of the three days just because they're trying to get to know each other and the connections on the offense and strategy and stuff like that. So... It would be interesting to test that. Um, yeah, it, I, I I wonder myself if if my own personal point of view and ones that I've heard from other people, especially coaches, <laughs> let's let's be completely honest, is that it's hard to engage with this league emotionally because there aren't any set teams. There's nobody. You have to be rooting for a player or maybe a couple of players specifically. And from where where our sport, Mm -hmm. to be precise, it's completely the spirit and the, the rules are totally against this set. Right. So to be honest, I'm really wondering if won't be one more um, wasted chance in USA to make something professional. Yeah, 
Fortunately, there's another league that's in the works, the one Dave Shoji talked about last year that he's involved in. I hear they're they're progressing with some plans because they they were they're thinking about next year, mm-hmm. uh, twenty two or maybe even twenty three. Now that I think about it, um, and as I understand it, their approach is is I'll be interested to see how it works out. Is they're not from what I understand they're not going in like Major League Soccer did and getting some big big money billionaire owners. But they're also not going the same route as Volleyball League of America, where they're trying to be very, very, very grassroots. They're, they're something kind of in the middle where they're looking to associate the, with, with clubs. The other, the other league created by Shoji, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the women potential in USA is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it is a matter of creating kind of WNBA or whatever you want to call and engage 10 cities, make 10 programs, and that's it. Yeah. You know, because the money, it's there, the organization, and the know-how how to create a big event is yeah. there. Yeah. You know better than anybody else in the world. So... I wonder because the American players who who would like to keep improving or getting money, they will still go in overseas. Yeah. yeah. And the young players who play like the pineapple team in the men league mm-hmm. would be a joke. With all my respect, it's my point of view. I can be very, very wrong. <laughs> but... Well, you know, I mean, I, it's it's obviously I, not. It's not. Well, you know, I, I don't even know if it would be a mid-league European league. I haven't been able. I haven't seen much of their play to be able to make a comparison. But given given that the the, the players who truly want to be professional and want maybe to have a chance to make the national team or whatever, they're going to play overseas because that's where yeah. the competition is. They're not playing in VLA. No. no, but you know, I, I've I've said, and I think maybe we've even talked about this. If volleyball is a sport, unlike soccer, mm-hmm. where a professional league in the U.S., if properly funded, could instantly attract the best players in the world. Yes, immediately, definitely, definitely. no problem, no problem at all, as long as the money because was there. the the money power is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What I don't understand is that they are fighting to create these kind of mutant systems, which, <laughs> yeah, let's play the rules, you know. Let's well, play the rules, and that's it. It's you might like, remember, you might remember, Major League Soccer was doing that in the beginning too. They they had some things like the shootout instead of penalty kicks, uh, where the guy started with the ball at the thirty-five. Yeah. Like a like a ice hockey. So yeah, something like that because they wanted, they thought American fans needed something novel to be interested in watching soccer, and they realized no, they don't. They just need good quality. They realized that football it's more or less for the Latin community, and then Latin community is making football important. Mm-hmm. 
I would say, if I'm not wrong, so wrong. Especially in those early days. I think yeah. it's I think it's it's the fan base is more distributed now than it used to be. Exactly. But, but, but back in those early days, all the stars of the league were Valderrama, Echeverri, uh I mean you, who else was in there? I mean there were some you know internationals. There were a few American internationals, there were a few uh old European However, players. The good, the good USA players were going overseas. Yeah. I mean, you had you had some like Alexei Lalas and and yeah. John Harks, uh, yeah, that they came back from Europe. So there were a few. Uh, Eric Ronaldo, though he was kind of later in his career yeah. at that point. Um, I I still remember watching the very first MLS game, and it was so bad. It was just not a good game. Unfortunately, Ronaldo scored a goal late on. Otherwise, it would have been one of the most miserable games I think anybody ever watched. Yeah, and <laughs> I watched some games that they were playing in, like, a baseball fields. Yeah. Where the, the, the football pitch was, like, reduced. And suddenly, they were in two kicks. They were from one goal to the next one. And yeah. And you saw the ball like a, like a table tennis, like this. Yeah. You were flipping the head <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, I remember. I think it was uh, San Jose was 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 that way. It was Ooh. just San Jose. Yes, they yes they had a very small pitch, and yeah, yes. it was it was just direct, just direct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay, so you got the cup this weekend, and then you roll into playoffs, right? Or finals. Yeah, we play. We play cup semifinal. Um, league semifinal. League semifinals. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that'll be interesting. Play base of five from the 18th of March. Um, That's a lot. Best of five. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we supposed to play three rounds. Okay. Suddenly, the federation got some. They they scare a little bit. Um, they reduce in the middle of the competition. They reduce to one one round less. Okay. And suddenly, we were playing four games, and we won the first two. And the third and fourth, we got some positive players. Mm-hmm. And instead of canceling this game, I said to Andres, my assistant coach, said Andres. Let's keep playing because we need Champions League. We need to keep rolling. And it doesn't matter because we have three rounds. Yeah. Suddenly, one round was vanished. And we were in a run like, oh, do we get to the playoffs or we don't get to the playoffs? You know, this kind of stress. Yeah. For nothing. Well, you know? and, yeah, and you end up finishing second, so you would have been fine anyway. Yes, uh, but everything, let's say, change in the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Of course, we need to adapt, and this is our role. But um, and then, for example, there are six teams, seven teams in the league. Okay. Instead of playing like a quarterfinals, three against six. Five against four, and then semifinals and finals. Sure. No, we go straight to the semifinals, okay. and they never ask anybody. Hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, 
There are some also some changes at the Federation now. I think these small countries, they have some interesting... That actually reminds me. Did you did you see the changes they're making to the Bundesliga? About what? Some, uh, the way they manage it, the, the oversight, and the, like the structure of the committee that oversees the Bundesliga. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Just no. curious. No. I didn't um, look too far into it. But it, it, somebody was telling me it, it, it makes it the, the structure more like football and, base, and no. basketball in Germany. Okay, okay. Um, and, and you know, the, the thing is that here there were some interesting situations with people in the management of the federation. You go to the federation, it's a city. They have like, I don't know, 30 employees. <laughs> and there are no clubs, you know? Yeah, it's not all the, there's not a lot of teams in the leagues. And then you hear uh, people working for the federation, having for, for Hungary very good salaries and people working for the federation like full-time and working for clubs full-time. Okay, so that might be a little bit of a conflict. Uh, it's complex and it's kind of, I don't know, corruptive. I'm looking Benfica. Benfica, what's going on? I think they play their cup final tonight. Can be. I don't know, cup final? I believe so. If, uh, if I read this, the, the post that Rodrigo, I think it was Rodrigo shared it. But I'm looking at their Facebook page now. And I don't, I don't think I see anything. Let me see. Just give me a moment, please. Look up Rodrigo. Portugal. I think they won. They won the other night. No, they won, was the today. Thing. They won oh, today okay. against Mamed. I, I think the Tasa de Portugal might be a very early stage. Oh, okay. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I can look at Yeah, it's... Mm, it was the quarterfinals. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so... Let's see, and then we play semi-final from 18th of March, best of five, and then we're supposed to play, hopefully, the final best of five balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so your playoffs could, could could be as long as your season. <laughs> exactly. We play 12 regular season games, and right. it can be 10 playoff games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, somehow is not bad. But I don't know. Um there are some so many if to, right. to, to get better. But uh, I spoke with the president a few days ago because they, they want me to stay. Mm-hmm. And I said to him that I would like to have a voice in these kind of things and a clear voice that 
if we propose or we, we organize something that the clear voice that when we go to the university to the to the federation we push for these ideas right otherwise for me it's not interesting mm-hmm. like because um, there is this mid mid east uh, volleyball zone in Europe that is the right. Mepla tournament, yeah. which is interesting tournament. There are two teams from Austria, two teams from Croatia, two teams or three teams from Slovenia. So mm-hmm. should be. But once again, when this tournament doesn't give a ticket for any kind of European competition, it's very informal. Right. You know? Yeah, it's when hard for they, clubs to get motivated for it. Exactly. Because it at the end of the day, it's kind of friendly tournament. Yeah. Not even preparation. It's a friendly tournament. Yeah. You know, and, and luckily or unfortunately for the clubs, the structure has to be professional. You, you cannot travel the same day to play in Austria because maybe you have to travel five, six hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to go the day before, have hotel, which is also something that, I said once again to the club here that for next year, if we are eight teams, we should play four rounds. Means like when I go to you, I play Saturday, Sunday. Okay. And when you come to us, you play Saturday, Sunday. So it's it's actually it's like um what is it? Uh the West the West whatever conference that Hawaii and Long Beach are in. Because that's okay. how they do it. They go they play each other twice. They come back. They play each other twice. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a small league, so you know it, exactly. that's how they get the, that's how they get their matches up. And and the biggest problem I have here is that I have a kindergarten, and if the players don't play a lot, when mm-hmm. the hell they will learn? Yeah, you know, and you say, oh, yeah, but uh, maybe if you go to the eighth and play two games. Yeah, but there is the possibility for the young players or the less experienced players to play two games, not right. only few points. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but these are a, all these kind of broad mindset that we need to somehow change slow, step by step. Yeah, if we had a... We're we're adding a team to our conference on the men's side next year. Mm. So we had a couple of calls in the last couple of months with the, with all the coaches and the, the commissioner from our conference to talk about how to do the schedule. Mm-hmm. Because what they've normally done is they've done quadrangulars where four teams would go to one place and they would each play twice, mm-hmm. like on a Saturday. Uh, but you can't do that anymore because that worked for eight teams. doesn't work for nine teams. But you so, can play three anglers. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Uh, nobody really wants to play triangulars because it means two of the teams have to play back-to-back. The home team can can split and play the first one and then the third one. But the other yes. two teams have to play back. It's, that's the only way it can work. Yes. But, you know, we try to look at some – different formats away was and it just it became too much so we are doing basically we're we're breaking the, the league up into three groups of three 
and in your own group, you will play that they're they're obviously close to you. You will play them during the midweek, home and away. No problem. To play the other groups, those will be the triangulars. So we'll have six Saturday triangulars. That'll be 12 matches. And then mm-hmm. our four home and away. So that'll get the 16. Um, you know, if the teams agree, they can split up the triangulars depending on who's closer, you know, distance or, or whatever. That's up to the yeah, teams. But but. On, I would go for as many games possible. But this is kind of, let's say, teaching attitude. Yeah, well, it's it's a yeah. There's see on the women's side, they only play once around the league, mm-hmm. which leaves lots of opportunity to play outside the league. Yes, which is yes. fine for the women because there are plenty of plenty of other schools to play. Mm-hmm. It's not very hard to find somebody. Like we said before, on the men's side, not as many teams. It's more difficult and more yeah. and more expensive to try to have to go play somebody. So, but you also, you, you do still want to be able to play some non-conference. So, which is why we did the triangulars. Otherwise, we would use up a lot of weekends and a lot of dates, and it would be very difficult. So, yeah. we, you know, we made the compromise. Uh, yeah. And this week, uh, Brad from the ABCA uh, got in touch with me. Because the ABCA does the All American Awards and the, all the region awards, so he asked me to be on the committee for both oh, of those nice. to represent our conference. So that'll be interesting. Fortunately, there won't be a lot of work to do until after the season's over. <laughs> well, but these these things are always interesting, yeah. John. Yeah. Because yeah. So it in the meantime, good. we just gotta hopefully we can get our way through the season. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. don't have because after this week, after today, we're gonna play twice a week all the rest of March and the first week of April to, okay. f- to get through our season. Mostly Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday. Next week we'll play Tuesday, Saturday. But and you travel the same day? Yes. How yeah. far is the longest? <sighs> well, fortunately, we only have three away trips in conference. Uh-huh. One of them, our first one, which is in, I think, two weeks, is like four and a half hours. Oh. We might have we might have something a little bit longer, but I think I'll have to, I'd have to look. But, yeah, I mean, that one's – we've got that one. So we have two Saturdays away, and we have a, a Wednesday away, but that one's only like an hour and a half, two hours, so it's not so bad. Oh, the life of a coach. The life of a coach. It's, it's well, so glamorous. Actually, I, <laughs> I enjoy all the things I enjoy. I have no no problems. I have this adventure and spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. And for me, I don't know. I I dream, let's say, to be to be able to. To live the life of an NBA team, for example, for two weeks. How is the process there? You know, how is yeah. the logistic? How they practice? How they? How they? How? I would love to see. Or a Big uh, Ten, or Big Ten volleyball. Okay, because it's also a lot. 
private jets. Really? Yeah, lots of staff. Wow. People to help you with everything. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes these clubs, these universities have better organization than the best professional clubs in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, re I remember Kevin Barnett talking about it on the Net Live one. They were still running that saying, once you get out of college in the U.S., you will never have a prof the same level of professionalism and the same conditions exactly as a professional volleyball player. You don't have the, the professional skills and you don't have the professional environment to the professional level. But definitely the, the environment is far away the best. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, hey. Maybe one day we'll have a, a professional league in the U.S. that's at that level of professionalism. Hopefully not this kind of, um, I don't know. I, I don't even call it, I don't think of Athletes Unlimited as a league. For me, it's yeah. an event. Yes. It's yes. an event. And events can be interesting and they can be fun and that's fine. Exactly. But this is an event which should be performed in the summer at the, um, let's say, The main square in New York City, <laughs> Times Square. Square, or at the, um, I don't know, uh, the, the Hollywood, um, Hollywood Boulevard, it? yeah, Hollywood Boulevard, something yeah. like that, you know, with with the national team, hmm. making a, a national team tour, six cities, ten days, Karchkirai. Um, Promoting the national team, introducing the players to the world. Right. That's it. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't our... charge for these ideas. <laughs> There we go. Unfortunately, you know, okay, we we have our teams play VNL. Yeah. Usually they host at least one time. And and normally the, it's very crowded. Yeah, they, they are very good at selecting where to play. Yes. So if they know they're playing Poland, they will play in Chicago. <laughs> yes. But this is this is part of the business. Yep, it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um but yeah, the, the national team doesn't really do like tours like that, like you just kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. They used to. I mean there were times in the past that they, they did do stuff like that. Um and it would be interesting for them to to do it, especially if they did it in conjunction with some of the big youth tournaments that happen in May and June and July. Yeah. That could be very interesting. Once again, these ideas, we do it in Argentina, you know? Yeah, right. We, when there is a international competitions, normally there are some junior tournament side of these competitions. In Italy, mm -hmm. happens the same. I yeah. was attending... Some World League games and beside the World League games, I remember once in Verona, beside the main stadium, there were some junior tournament beside in the like the training hall, yeah. and were some under 16 and the 14 tournament playing along the weekend in coincidence with the PNL. Or oh, at that yeah. time was World League. Um, Yeah, my first year in Texas, uh, they, they hosted World League in Dallas mm -hmm. in the same convention center that they host the biggest juniors tournament 
every year. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't obviously on the same weekend because that have that. That's a qualifier that happens in say uh, usually like early April or maybe in March. I can forget exactly the time frame. But if they were hosting the nationals that year, then it would be a really good conjunction. It was a good event. The, the Russians were there. The, the Aussies were there. The Bulgarians. It was before Mark was coaching the Aussies. Um, then the USA-Russia match was very intense. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's... And also, Olympic-wise, USA has won in the last three Olympic Games tons of medals. Mm -hmm. Mixing beach volleyball with men and women volleyball. So, I don't know. There is something missing. Yeah. We need to, we need to get better at the business of volleyball. Yeah. And, and for example, this Shorosh who is involved might be something of George. It's the son of. It's the son of. Yeah. He should invest in the Hungarian League. <laughs> I don't think Karl Kirai is uh, Jewish. No. The, no, the parents were running from from Hungary. From war. Yeah. No, no, but, no. That was, but that would have been from from the communists. Yeah, the father ran after the 1956 revolution. Yeah. Um. Because Hungary was the first country to to go against the Soviets. And the last. <laughs> no. no, I know, I know. Afterwards. The, 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 weren't the Czechs, the Czechs, the Czechs did it afterwards, yeah. Yes. Uh, but the Hungarians were very tough. It's really interesting, the history here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you can see that some people still have this kind of kingdom ambitions. Even though the kingdom is gone by hundred years, hundreds, hundreds of years. No, hundred. Well, Austro Austro Hungarian Empire. Yeah. Nineteen fourteen. Uh, yeah. Nineteen fourteen. It's yeah. not so much. Um, and Budapest is a city unbelievable. It's yeah. really nice. I remember. Yeah, it's really really nice. Yeah. Of everything. Well, hey, if you win the if you win the league and you win the cup, then you maybe you can write your own ticket somewhere. I don't think so. <laughs> because also, it's not about winning the league. Because perhaps to win the league, you need three, four, five years, perhaps. You can win at once, but you can win all, or maybe you need a little bit longer. And sometimes it's not so so that easy. I say, okay, I'm coming, establishing a system, and no. No. It's not like that. Yeah. Uh, because... It's part of the process, and sometimes, even though you don't have even the best players. Okay, we'll cut the conversation off there. Uh, Ruben and I actually talked a bit longer about a variety of other things. I'm going to take a look at that and see if um, there's enough to put together into another episode. If so, I'll you know, make that episode 23. Uh, if not, I might uh, release some shorts of some kind. Let me just talk about one specific topic for only a few minutes. So either way, look forward to it. Um, and I'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening. 
Check out the show notes on the website, coachingbb.com, for links and further information about this episode. You'll also be able to find the complete back catalog of prior coaching conversations. While you're there, you can sign up for my mailing list. Members find out in advance what conversations I'll be doing next and can submit questions if they like. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash coachingbb. Patrons get early access to every episode, as well as other special benefits along the way. I'm always interested in hearing what you think about coaching conversations and ideas you might have of topics and or guests for future episodes. You can send them to me at john at coachingbb.com, tweet them to at coachingbb, or hit me up on my Facebook page, Coaching Volleyball. All the best until next time.